Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Hey, hey Conroy, if money doesn't grow on trees, then why do banks have branches? That's stupid. <laughs> and with that, we are <laughs> off and rolling, ladies and gentlemen, with that no more Leadership DS podcast. I'm Jeff Geyer. I'm here with Conroy, who thinks bank branches are stupid, Jeff McLaughlin, Kyra Hall, and Dr. Sam Jennings. We are excited to be bringing you another No More Leadership BS episode this week. Mid-January, we're talking about, okay, man, we're leading our companies, we're leading our departments, we're leading our divisions, and we've got a 2023 plan in place. Now what? So the myth kind of is that having that plan is going to result in making progress in our businesses. And we are here to tell you that is a myth. It is not true. The truth is having your plan is only the beginning must have action. We must have action to get results. We can't stand still and make progress. My favorite story about that is, and maybe you've heard it before, there's two frogs sitting on a log and one of them decides to jump off. How many frogs are left on the log? And the answer is two, right? McLaughlin, you got it. It's two because he only decided to jump off. He didn't actually jump. So action it is the key. We got a plan, but now what? So let's start with Myra. Ladies first today, mid-January. I've got my business plan for 2023. Now what do I do? There, I just want to bring up the fact that if you write down a plan and never look at it again, you have about a 50-50 chance of actually achieving that plan. It's the act of writing it down that that focuses your brain toward it. So I'm not saying depend on that, but if you do nothing else, write it down. Because then you give yourself a better chance of actually making progress. So that being said, have it in writing. Have it someplace where you can look at it every day. There's a whole, if I was going to work with somebody on their plan, we would start with, where do you want to end up? What does your plan say is going to be the goalpost? Okay? okay. If, you don't know where you, if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to get there. So you have to have a really clear vision of where you want to end up. And then basically, it's just working backwards. It's reverse engineering. What's the first step? What's the second step? Knowing that every step you, you compound the effect of that first step. So what might look like really slow progress at the first of the year ends up being rocket fuel by November. If you stick to your plan, that's how I would approach it. And so we got it written down, Dr. Sam. 
In fact, I've got the last 14 years of strategic plans in these big three-inch, three-ring binders in a shelf behind my desk. Man, and we still haven't got our goals. What's up with that? The, uh, the first step to that is make sure you've got a very good, high-quality microfiber cloth so you tear those, take those binders and you can dust them off so you don't have to sneeze and cough and all that kind of nonsense. Um, <laughs> but you're absolutely help. right. There's so many plans you just get shelved because we did the work of making the plan thinking that's the outcome. When I used to make my plans, my first step would be to make sure that it's not some plan that's built on a plan that's built on a plan. It's actually focused on the mission and the values of the organization. Because if you don't check in with that every time you do it, the chance of getting off track are high. So make sure that is focus, mission, values, and where we're headed. And then from there, start to unpack, like Myra was saying, what do we want to achieve through this plan? And then back into that farther, into how we're going to measure it, what are the steps we're going to take, who's the designated hand ringer for this particular area, and making sure that folks know who's doing what so not everybody's chasing the ball and trying to do one thing, but meanwhile leaving six other things undone. So without getting into the nitty-gritty nuts and bolts is First step is make sure that the plan you have is actually a plan you need, not the most convenient option at the time. Ooh, ooh, that's good. That's good. A- action is important, but if you're taking the wrong action based off the wrong plan, you're going to end up in the wrong place or certainly not where you thought you were. That's good stuff, Dr. Sam. Beautiful. M- McLaughlin, you're, you're a guy who spends a lot of time in cold water getting, I, and I love it when I hear you say it, that I'm getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So. We're leaders of a business and we've got this plan like Dr. Sam and Myra have talked about, reversed engineered to see what our steps are going to be. And I just can't seem to get going because I'm afraid or I'm anxious or I'm not comfortable or whatever. What's a good piece of advice we could give somebody to say, okay, you've got the plan. Even if the plan came for senior management or something, you're running a division within a company and I'm just not comfortable. How can I get comfortable being uncomfortable and still move forward? Danny's a great question. I've actually had a lot of people talk to me about that. And I did, I've always said, start with something small. Great. In case of jumping into cold water, start with a cold shower. Just turn it down to not scalding hot, slightly less hot. If you can do a small step, any small step forward towards your goal is still a step forward. And I was just working with an organization in central Idaho and they were doing their annual planning. And the cool thing was that I thought, because I have not done this with this particular organization before. They actually started and looked at what they'd done over the last year and compared it to the previous plan to see how far they had come and to see, did we meet our goals? Did we do what we were supposed to do? And then they said, okay, great. Now, are we content and are we happy with the success that we had? And if we are, is that where we want to, do we just want to maintain or do we want to try and increase our productivity? And so they actually started by looking back. And it was just the brief. I think the whole planning session was probably about a six hour session. And I think they probably spent 30 to 40 minutes looking at what did we do? How did it work out? So I think there's that part of that is getting comfortable with, did we actually accomplish what we were supposed to do up to this point? And if we didn't, what do we need to change so that we can accomplish the things we need to do? And so they spent a majority of the time looking forward and specifically giving themselves targets and benchmarks to hit along the way. But I will say that the group that I was working with, I noticed that they were very comfortable with each other, that they already knew each other, that they, there was this sense of a community that they had been, they'd known each other long enough and they'd worked together long enough 
there was a sense of trust. And if there was any argumentation or disagreements on things where they said, I don't think that's the right way to do it. There wasn't a whole lot of pushback. The pushback was, oh, okay, what do you think would be better? And it immediately went to a place of curiosity, which I have to say speaks volumes for that organization in the community that they've created, that they're allowed to do that, that they are comfortable with being pushed back on. But if you're brand new to that, start with little things. Start with something like, hey, let's throw a bunch of ideas out there that are completely silly and completely ridiculous that have absolutely nothing to do with our organization. Let's solve somebody else's problem in three minutes. Go. And if you can solve somebody else's problem in three minutes, great. Can we do that with our own organization? How do we do that? What does it look like? So taking something from something else, another organization, solving somebody else's problem helps to get you into a mind frame of solving your own problems. But there's less pressure and there's less intensity because you're solving something that doesn't actually affect you and your organization. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. That's a small thing that that you can do that's different. Yeah. And will get you a better result. I like it. Conroy, I know you've implemented new plans, big plans, new programs and stuff inside pretty good sized businesses. What did you use to get your people moving? What to get the action started? To quote my friend Lee Cockrell, to give clarity, you need to communicate and you need to communicate clearly. So that's what I did. So when we ever, whenever we would implement a new plan, in another episode, we're going to talk about the balanced scorecard because I think strategic plans are stupid. They're a wonderful document that sits on a coffee table collecting dust. Beautiful pictures, beautiful stats. That's a whole, that's my episode next. Save that one for later. (laughs) But the way you do is communicate to your people. But in fact, I was just talking to my son who just works for a large company in Los Angeles. And he was saying, what are you doing if you've got bosses implementing plans without telling anybody? And I said, they need to communicate. They need to communicate with the people that are on the ground floor. So that's what we did is that we would have many, and I do mean many department meetings and team meetings discussing thoughts, ideas, plans, moving forward, deadlines that we want to do, goals that we want to achieve. How are they going to participate? How do they matter? How do they make a difference within the company? Because that's all employees want to do. They want to make a difference within the company. They want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. We've talked about that before. So for me, what we did is we spent a lot of time communicating that opportunity, then have the goal have the goal and then give the goal to them and say, how are you going to retain this goal? Because they have to buy into it. We cannot make that goal as leaders. We cannot make that goal for the department. The department actually has, you give the goal, you give the department the goal, but it's the department's responsibility to come up with a plan to attain that goal. Communicating clearly, checking in often, not micromanaging, but having checkpoint meetings and celebrate the victories. And if things aren't going well, you just sit, you come back and regroup. Yeah, you could use, in fact, McLaughlin's suggestion about solving, let's take three minutes and solve somebody else's problem. Even if you were working on your own and you felt like you could, you were stuck, you could almost go back to that, don't you think, Jaya? And start there again. Yeah, that's the ability to be self-aware and to understand when you feel like you're hitting your head against the wall and to analyze and say, wait, why am I stuck here? What, what's going on? Okay. 
Maybe I just need to step back. And there's actually, I was listening to the Huberman podcast just the other day. For those of you who don't know, Andrew Huberman is a neuroscience and ophthalmology professor at Stanford University and has a wonderful podcast, lots of brain science behind it. And he had Jocko Wilnick on his program and he said, Jocko, one of the things that he was really good at, even as an early young Navy SEAL, was being literally just taking a tiny step back from the situation. And it gave him an all new perspective on the battlefield or training orientation. And he says, if you're in his example, literally was, if you are sighted down a rifle, your scope of vision is very small. You can only see so much. He goes, if you take a step back and bring your head up, all of a sudden your visual field gets much larger. We have to be able to do that in our organizations. Sometimes we get so involved in the process that we can't see the tree through the forest. And so if we step back, we change that vision, literally change your visual acuity. If you are stuck on something and you're sitting at your desk, get up, stand up from your desk, move to another side of the room, look at things, and maybe it gives you a completely different perspective just by physically moving your body to a new location. So doing things like that, having the ability to self-censor, not self-censor, that's not the right word, the self-awareness to say, I feel like I'm stuck right now. I think I need to change something. Just doing a physical activity, maybe go for a five or 10 minute walk, maybe play a rock and roll song or whatever music you like, or maybe watch a five minute YouTube video that makes you laugh, that brings you out of that moment and allows your brain to actually focus on something different so that you can come back and have a new perspective on things. I think right there, that's a simple thing. Again, little tiny thing that you can do relatively quickly that helps you to move forward in a positive manner. So the change of perspective is huge. And I've done, as you described, you pop up, take a walk. The only downside for me is I get halfway through and that's when the moment hits me. Where's my notepad? I'm going to write this thing down. It's going to be a fleeting moment if I don't book it somehow. But the perspective that I'm thinking of also goes back to what Conrad was saying with strategic plans are cute and fluffy and adorable. You stick them in a corner until next year. There's some accuracy to that. You know, also counter with, I worked with an organization that did a seven-step planning process. So we talked about total quality management and lean processes. And people would say, it's just a fact. It's just, it doesn't mean anything. It's the current thing you do. And my argument then was, yeah, if that's how you treat it, but if you systematize it and make it actually how you do what you do, it's not a fan, it's operational. So to that point, if your strategic plan is a thing you do once a year and then you put it in a nice laminated binder and stick it away, yeah, it's performative. But if you use it as an actual tool to get you where you want to be, it is your operational structure, not just some bumper sticker to slap up and call it cute. So I mention this because if you're right now going through a strategic planning process or about to, and all you can do is grind your rollers down because you don't want to do it because it's stupid. What makes it stupid? Is it the process? Is it the implementation? What specifically? And then how can you change that to make it actionable and meaningful to those time spent, which it's going to be spent anyway. You may as well make it effective and meaningful for you and your work. Yeah, that, that's really good stuff. And Conroy was saying, you know, in the next week's episode, we're going to talk about what you are just talking about right there, Dr. Sam. And that is, so I've got this plan and we're putting in some action, but how can I tell where I'm going? Conroy? I know a better way. We'll talk about it. <laughs> talk about Sports. it next week. That's 
that sounds like a pretty good place to stop for this week, I guess. That's a, a little, teaser. A little <laughs> teaser <laughs> to come back next week. 2023 is rolling along, right? We're in the middle of January already. And if you've got your plan or you're thinking about putting your plan together or you're in the middle and in the process of putting it together now, I know some people that can help you if you need some help. A little outside uh, perspective that doesn't hurt. Uh, reach out to us here at the No More Leadership BS podcast. We'd love to help you get to where you are going, where you want to go, because we know you can. Sometimes we just need that little extra help. So for this week, for Myra Hall, Jeff Geoff McLaughlin, Jeff Conroy, Dr. Sam Jennings, I'm Jeff Geyer. We will see you next week right here on the No More Leadership BS podcast. So long, everybody. Peace. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. If we use your email questions or comments, you will win a DISC behavioral assessment and debrief with one of our highly trained podcast teammates. And last but not least, don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much and tune in next time. We'll see you then.